0: the eric zane show podcast is powered by the eufy video smart lock e330 this thing's amazing these people sent me one and i'm so happy i love it so much it's a lock it's a 2k camera it's a doorbell three in one triple security you know a lot of the times when you buy something that's like a camera so you can see who's at your door you're gonna have to pay a monthly fee that is not the case with the eufy video smart lock e330 and by the way i want you to search e-u-f-y video lock that's e-u-f-y video lock or visit eufyofficial.com video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door the eufy video lock is easy to install set up with just a phillips screwdriver no drilling required Thank goodness, because if I did that, there'd be holes all over the place. It'd be horrible. Keyless entry, no more fumbling for the keys when your hands are full. Never worry about the kids losing keys or passing among the renters. One second unlocking with, get this, AI self-learning chip embedded. The more you use it, the more accurate It will be. It's fingerprint recognition on this thing. You got to try this out. Search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or go to eufyofficial.com slash video lock. Full 3-in-1 triple security with Eufy Hello, hey everybody. Let y'all gather round here, oh, man. Okay, as I've uh, as most of you know, when it comes to um, uh, this type of thing and what I do, as often as I do it, the uh, merging of what happens here in this room to my personal life is, I mean, it's all together. There's there's no escaping. The whole idea, and never what I want to escape, the idea of doing things differently than the way I do now. And what I mean by that is, I I base what I do, telling of uh, personal stories, as um, a thing that I hang my hat on. Um, News, nonsense, and my personal adventures. And uh, my personal adventures oftentimes go to uh, everyone in my immediate leave, in my immediate family, excuse me, I'm I'm not quite with it today. <coughs> and um, of course, all of the uh, friends and family that um, I deal with on a regular basis and, and share things with. So you know, um, dear friends of ours, the Veldings uh, lost uh, Kate yesterday at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Um. And so the idea today is, I mean, there is, uh, no way in, uh, that I would do a show today where I'm, everything is normal. And then, oh, by the way, a footnote, which frankly, I have done that before. And, uh, I, I wish, and this is kind of like the, um, changing of that whole thing um like like when brian Belgraff died I, I wish i had just talked about brian for a whole show and just did a remembrance show which would that's the way i would do it going forward and so kind of like live and learn and um same thing with my pal bill winningham in, in knoxville tennessee uh, diana's uh, brother of course those were a little different because it was such a shock uh my mother obviously extended time away so that was uh, that was an entirely different thing but this in particular is uh, a young lady 22 year old Kate Velding uh V E L D I N K for those of you who don't know for those of you who do know um i'm going to spend as much time as i as i will uh talking about the memories of Kate and the moments that took place in kind of like a adventure style, uh, since the relationship with the Veldink family began. Now, and I'm warning you ahead of time, ladies, if you're if you're saying, ah, boy, I don't know, should I put on this makeup? I wouldn't, honestly. Uh, I I will not be able to keep it together. There's no way. The only i the only way I'm able to do that right now, um, without just falling apart, is just. I'm walling myself off and even that is is it's just not going to work. So um uh, you'll be destroyed uh because of that and so I I'm just forewarning you. So it, maybe come back to this like after work or something like that. I want to give you that option because this is uh you know when when this type of thing happens, this is how it goes. Um So um For those of you who don't know. And this goes way back. uh, The relationship with uh, my family and the Veldinks. It goes way, way back. Oh, man. I don't have anything to blow my nose with. I found one on the ground. I actually found one on the ground. It's probably from from like when my mom died. There's dog hair on it. Oh, God. Oh, by the way. You will laugh at portions of this show. This isn't going to be me just saying, hey, let's go be sad. Because, frankly, when I'm talking about remembering Kate, oh, my God, there's so many ridiculous stories. So that's kind of like the part of this, too. Um, you know, uh, when, when you're looking back on someone's life after they pass, well, there's bound to be hijinks. So that, that, that's definitely going to happen. Excuse me. I should have turned down the mic when I blew my nose. What a slob that I am. Okay. <clears throat> here it goes. So let's back up. Give you a little history of what's going on here. So you can maybe, if you don't know anything about the Velding family, uh, and uh, I, I, I'm going to give you, from my perspective, how this all began. Um. In the summer, the end of the summer, 2004, Eric, Diana, Jim, Jack, Maddie move to Jenison, Michigan in June of, uh, well, July, actually, uh, of 2004 from New Jersey. That's where the story picks up. Um, right near the start of the school year, I walked into this new school, Legendary Pinewood Elementary School, which is just down the street from where we live. My kids would walk to school every day, send them out the door, and, uh, okay. I walk into this school of strangers. I don't, I don't know anybody, and I see that there is something on the bulletin board that says, uh, fundraiser, um, uh, walk for the Veldink girls. And, um, it has their pictures, very, very young uh, ladies, young kids. And uh, I guess that would make Kate, I think, five at the time. And uh, Olivia, a couple of years younger. And uh, and I look and I see these two young girls, blonde-headed uh, girls. And, I'm like, and it says they have uh, A.T., and I and it uh, I don't I don't know what that is, and as do a lot of people, uh, they just don't have any idea what AT is, ataxia telangiectasia. And uh, I remember thinking in my ignorance, oh, um, well I don't know what this is. I've never heard of it, and they look fine in this picture that I see, this still image. And I remember thinking to myself, well. They'll probably be okay uh, because it, it must be just some type. I, I don't know why I thought that. Your, your mind does weird things with you at the time. And uh, I had no idea what I was in for in terms of uh, how our families would kind of uh, blend over the years. Um, Mary Veldink is a teacher in the school. My kids had Mary as a teacher. She's fantastic, an amazing educator, and uh, there there isn't a student that has been taught um, in the classroom by Mary Veldink that hasn't left with a wonderful experience. I'll tell you that right now. I mean, uh, she's one of those amazing ones that, when the kids look back on their school years, they're like, oh my gosh, Mrs. Veldink, incredible. So, and I think. Um, One of the things that, here we go. One of the things about this family is how resilient they are. I mean, nothing, uh, nothing breaks their stride. These, uh. these people are um very faithful to god and um you you don't have those moments where they uh denounce their faith because of uh the things that have happened to them and uh the ability to spread so much joy and good news really incredible so as time passes i uh i get educated as to what is going on with these kids like a lot of people i uh i had no idea what ataxia telangiectasia was and then over time i figured it out and um when i learned that uh and i, I I'm going to play a piece for you and actually show it to you at the same time uh, when i um first started to um uh, piece it together um, It was almost like uh being drawn to the family and drawn to, drawn to the organization uh, we we went to Florida in uh oh god probably 2006 or 2007 and that was eric's not doing any type of running or endurance sports or anything like that and i was uh raising money for for the organization which is an extremely uh, grassroots organization they hardly make any money whatsoever for research but um it was uh, at this point that i realized that there's there's so much more um to be able to to help out and this is one of these organizations that um it's such a uh, a small percentage of people that get the uh, that this uh genetic disease affects but they're not really on the radar of a lot of people for funding so they they count on excuse me they count on donation uh, family and friends and loved ones of uh people who have AT to do the uh the pig roast to do the uh, uh cornhole tournament the fun run and and then the money is raised and then that's how that's how they uh, make it go so you're looking at an organization that might bring in a million dollars a year to support funding excuse me again Turning down the mic this time. Um. So, uh, the, the AT, uh, marathon at Disney was, uh, was a big, big thing. You know, that was like their, uh, big gigantic fundraiser. Um. That's when I started to uh, get involved with the organization, uh, and then we were at this point making friends with the Velding family, and and there was just uh, a lot happening with the girls as they were growing. Uh, the Veldings have uh, their oldest daughter is uh, Abigail; she is married to Max. Um, the age of the the age of the uh, Velding children kind of like uh, coincides with the Zaytuni and Zane family. Uh, uh, Abigail is about the same age as Jim. Um, The departed Kate about the same age as Jacqueline. And the departed Olivia about the same age as Madison. Uh, Seven years ago, nearly seven years ago in in November, uh, this coming November, it'll be seven years. um, Olivia passed away. Olivia was only 13 when she passed. Um. About 10 years ago, the uh, folks at the Compass School of Film, I think that's the name of it, I'm probably getting that wrong, in uh, West Michigan, uh, volunteered their time and uh, and energy and and, uh, expertise to make a uh, a short film, like six, seven minutes, about the AT Children's Project. I'm going to show that to you right now. And uh, it was d- done uh, with a focus on uh, Dave and Mary and their children, Kate, Olivia, and uh, with uh, comments from Abigail, the oldest, and uh, just to kind of give you an idea of what was going on in the mindset of the Velding family and how this all started. So I'm going to start that right now. Uh, bear with me, there's a couple of things I have to do in order to make this happen, so
1: And I remember Dave saying, yeah, something big is going to happen to us. And I said, I know, I know. Mm -hmm. Like, I knew. I said, I know. I know something is. You know, I just didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. Symptoms of um, different diseases like cerebral palsy, muscular dystrophy, um, cystic fibrosis. So you take the worst symptoms of those diseases and you roll them into one disease, and that's AT. One incident that I remember is, I was having a formal dinner party, haven't had one since. Came home and my mom had had her and the girls were sitting on the floor and Kate tipped over. And I said, that's not right.
2: Then, one day, I noticed it. Mary, have you noticed Kate's eyes are not clearing up? And you know, which which I think prompted me to go back to the internet. And then I was, yep, yep, all of these symptoms are matching up. Pediatrician here said years ago, you know, there was another family that had two kids with, with AT. And uh, he said uh, they have, what, what, well, you tell me. Well, you yeah, you probably said, remember this. They
1: have expired. I'm like, oh, like a hoopah?
2: I've never been able to get past that. It went from supporting their shoulder to grabbing their pinky to a walker. From pinky to wheelchair is about five years.
1: Kate, I feel like, is a little more angry about having AT because she's older and she realizes more, but, you know, she's more willing to be upset because she has AT. She's not afraid to be herself. Um, you can tell when she's really happy, you can tell when she's really sad. Like, there's no secrets with Kate.
2: Well, when Livy was born, there were no symptoms. She had big bright eyes and she started walking on time.
1: But we were at my parents' cottage and we were watching a movie on the bed and she was sitting up and she tipped over and I looked at my mom and I said, oh no, here we go again. I remember you said, I always imagined pushing one wheelchair, I never imagined pushing two. Like I always think about if I had to have AT, I don't know if I could do it but my sisters can do it, and they can do it really well.
2: We both happen to have the exact same gene that is defective, and in our offspring, our children, um, have a 25% chance of that particular gene becoming dominant in their bodies. You roll that genetic dice on Abigail, clear. Kate, roll the dice, bingo. You've got a T. Livy, roll the dice. You've got it, so.
1: You know, they love to play. They love to hang out with their friends. They like to swim. So there are some things that are different. You know, their immune system isn't as strong as yours. They aren't going to be able to run across the yard and throw a football to you. But in all the things that are important, they're exactly the same.
2: Kate and Olivia are such amazing young women. They have such incredible potential, being zapped from them because of this dreadful disease. Uh, While well, there are researchers around the world and their life work has been to advance therapies and ultimately find a cure for that, we are grateful. We are hopeful that that passion and that energy will continue. We go to bed at night praying for these researchers and we wake up in the morning hopeful. You know, I would love for them to see, right. you know, this film, you know, so they can see our, our, our true appreciation and gratitude for what they do.
1: You know that there could be something out there that would make a difference. It's just not in your reach because of the lack of funding.
2: So it's up right now, it's up to the parents, it's up to the friends and the families to raise money, you know, $10 at a time, $100 at a time. kids are living much longer, much longer today than they ever have been as parents we're so hopeful that soon some more therapies Absolutely. that can continue that mm-hmm. um, you know will be found
1: we are very hopeful but we need help so we just have to be patient hold on and just wait to see what the future holds
0: Well, there you go. That is, uh, that was spectacular. People that made that, those are uh, uh, students, actually, that made that from the uh, Compass Film School, I think is the name of the organization. I apologize if I'm not getting that right. But, um, yeah, so then it became clear uh, as as time passed of, uh, of what AT was all about. So uh the way it ties in with the nonsense there's so many adventures and things that happened that uh, that that took place over the years that were just ridiculous. I had uh, uh many many amazing adventures. There was um uh, one one thing that I'm especially proud of uh was the ridiculousness of uh, the radio show and the idea was floated that um we were trying i think i i remember i i remember it's, it's kind of foggy you know me it, it always fades from my brain at about the same time on the radio show that it was revealed that i was in that silly silly ridiculous Mr. 10 contest where I'm there with my, you know, all oiled up with muscles and "Eh, look at that, which I, you know, frankly, I thought it was just going to be like a bodybuilding competition. And not that I was freaking Arnold Schwarzenegger, but uh, I, you know, I I had put in a lot of time. And then when I, when I get there, it's revealed that it's, it's more like a man pageant, like, you know, uh, swimwear, evening wear interview. And, you know, I'm an idiot. A million times more of an idiot back in nineteen ninety whatever, but i I stayed with it, and it was a complete embarrassment and it turned to a legendary moment because at about the time that that was discovered and revealed to the world um the idea that there was a uh clinical trial at johns hopkins uh school of medicine or or whatever it's called that needed funding for these AT kids. So the carrot was dangled to the audience who once again, uh, had, had my back and the back of those kids. Um, the idea was floated that if we raised the money to, for that clinical, uh, uh, trial, I would agree to get a tattoo from, one of the still shots of the Mr. 10 video where I'm dancing around in my stupid speedo. And well, you guys, uh, you answered and a ton of money was raised. We, you guys blew it out of the water. It was uh, well more than, I think it was closer to a hundred thousand dollars, you know, five and 10 bucks at a time. It was absolutely a very, very fun grassroots thing. And, uh, whenever those types of, um, Things happen where there's like a shared goal. It's always just exceptional. So, you know, that was great. And then I got the tattoo. I still have it to this day. I, I still get people saying to this day, hey, let's see the tattoo. Let's see the tattoo. And I oftentimes forget that it's even there, you know? But uh there it is. There's the uh oh that's weird. There's the Mr. Ten tattoo in all its glory. I always struggle getting to get it on view, but, um, still looks good. The guy who put it on me is in prison and well, he's in prison now. He wasn't, (laughs) he wasn't in prison then. And, uh, so that was, uh, that was great. And boy, you know, this, this tattoo had this, there's been more weirdo interactions because of this tattoo back in the day when I used to get in the pool every day and swim my ass off. I remember there was one particular moment. There's, uh, there was a, there was a lady in the lane next to me, and she was just looking at me. So right away, I'm thinking, "Oh yeah, I can't wait to tell Diana that this that this uh, a chick fifteen years younger than me thinks I'm smoking odd." And she just kept staring at me. And then it dawned on me; she was looking at the stupid tattoo. Like, what is that? What what is on your arm, you stupid idiot? But uh, so that was that was. Um, it was quite an adventure and and I was very proud uh to be able to put that together and then all of the trips to florida for the disney marathon and boy that that's just the tip of the iceberg let's see i i wrote some notes down about kate and um Some of the things that we encountered, you know, a lot of the stuff that we encountered as our family and the Veldings. And and there's there's several families that would get together and and just do fun stuff. Uh, Go out to eat. Just, uh, you know, that that type of uh, relationship. Um, Some of these stories, they don't really, Kate's not even in them. But if it had not been for A.T., um, we wouldn't really be together. Uh, I I met some amazing families over the years of uh, of the AT kids, um, Conrad and his family uh, in Canada, and, and just a, a, a dozens of other great people um, that would get together every year at Disney, and they're and they're still working hard to try to find a cure for this uh, dreadful dreadful disease, and um, Mary Mary and Dave touched on it a little bit in that video piece that um. It's just so strange how this thing works and what it does to a person um, when she says it combines all the symptoms of or the, the worst systems of muscular dystrophy, MS, Parkinson's, cystic fibrosis. It destroys ch- uh, a child's immune system or severely compromises it in 25 percent of cases of AT kids. They develop cancer. And uh, life expectancy is very, very short. And all of those things came true to the Velting Girls in one form or another. Uh, in this particular case with, uh, Kate, um, Kate finished up college shortly thereafter. Just recently. In fact, she was diagnosed with, uh, with cancer. And so that fight had begun. And, um, I never once got the impression that they were, you know, like tired, tired of fighting. And just like, you know, at their wits end, it seemed like uh, eternally optimistic always with this group. And that's one of the things that I look at in their um, in their perspective on things now, because it would be uh, completely understandable for a family um, or, or, or children or whatever to like have that. I don't give a shit attitude about anything and uh and then give god the middle finger or something like that and that, that never really happened that that, that no I, I need to say that more assuredly that that never even came into play in any way shape or form and that's uh, one of the things that i uh, i I look up to about these folks because of their unwavering faith and it's it's really exceptional um so and then with kate uh the immune system issue you know this has been a struggle from day one, there's always a, you know, keeping your fingers crossed that uh, the young lady is not exposed to something. And then here we are at a time when a pandemic. Uh, Kate developed pneumonia somehow. It uh, th- This was not COVID-related as far as I understand it, as, as, least as at least as what I've been told. Um, but uh, mimo- pneumonia developed and um, it, you know, at some point, um, when they describe her as she is cured of A.T. and she ran to heaven, it's like, oh, my God, it wrecks me every time. Uh, ran to heaven to be with her sister Olivia and holy, holy cow. I mean, that is. Uh, um Boy, some of those adventures we had at the Disney Marathon, I mean, there was, there's too many to count. And one of the things that stands out the most incredibly to me is, uh, is the story of, um, it was kind of like uh, the stars of the story are Kate and Diana involved in a legendary caper that I talked about on the radio and I'm going to talk about right now. First of all, you got to understand, uh, Kate is kind of a ball breaker. Uh, if she, you know, she, she likes to get things done a certain way. And like any, any, uh, young lady, you know, if, uh, if things get a little off the rails, she's going to let you know about it. And, um, also, um, uh, she was as, uh, uh, brash and bold as, as you would expect um, somebody who has to put up with a lot of shit. And uh, there's a, a a couple of things that stand out before I get to the story about Diana and her. There was one moment in particular, give you an idea of Kate. Uh, Kate did not like it. Occasionally when, when you uh, approach someone who is going through what Kate is going through, you, you I guess it's understandable to think that a person who doesn't really know might think that there is some type of issue with the person's brain in terms of cognitive function, and this is what I mean by that. I have to be very sensitive. I don't want to make it seem. I don't want to. I, I have to be ca- careful how I word this. But when you walk up to Kate, if you don't know her, I guess if you're not schooled or don't have any idea, you you might not even con- you might not realize that she is as bright as they come. And is in no way impaired in brain activity whatsoever. She understands you perfectly. She can tell you what's on her mind. uh, But the um, 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 uh, muscular issues and the neurological issues make it so that her words do come out slower. But they're going to get out. And you better pay attention. And if you piss her off and assume like, oh, well, she's, you know, she can't even think she's, uh, she's in a wheelchair and she's talking in a way that I'm not used to. So clearly there's a cognitive issue, not the case. And you are given no margin of error. Okay. She's going to put up with about 1% of shit before she's going to tell you to go to hell. Okay, and this was on display at one moment in particular, and I have to be very, very careful of giving you the details of this because, uh, and and if if some of you know this story, don't worry. uh, All the guilty parties will be covered. I won't. uh... Diana and I witnessed um, an interaction with Kate. She's sitting there in her chair, and uh, an individual walks up to Kate, and says hi Kate how are you are you doing okay Kate how's cater and, and talking to her like i don't want to say our word but talking to her like our word like she's our word and she's just looking at this individual and we can see she's seething she's a and she's, she knows she hates this, okay? And this continues. And this person has good intentions. This person is filled with nothing but love for her. Just needed maybe a little brushing. I, I, I wish someone would have told this individual, hey, you know, she, you just talk to her. Just talk to her the same way I'm talking to you right now. You don't need to talk to her like she's an idiot or something like that. Okay. Uh, this is this is no problem. Just talk to her and then be patient. She's going to answer your question, but just listen to it. Hi, Kate. And he's and it's annoying as fuck. And so this is going on. And then this person turns around to leave. And if this person had eyes in the back of their heads, uh, back of their head, they would have seen Kate. You know, it was a struggle for Kate to move. It was always uh, shaky, and that's what the that's what the disease does. You know, and 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 two arms go up, and then two hands turn, and two middle fingers go up, and she's like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> she's like, "Fuck you!" She she gave the finger, double barreled, double barreled middle finger. Holy shit! So that gives you an idea of what of what type of uh, you know she was uh she was no saint. <laughs> no, she actually was, but she was the type of saint that you know Jesus or God is sitting there looking at her, going, ah, come on, hey, look, hey, you know, read the room here. You don't want to go around giving people double-barreled middle fingers here. Eh maybe uh just i don't know let it go and she's like fuck no no way bullshit i'm not putting up with this shit nobody's gonna talk to me like that oh my god so uh now uh, being perfectly honest here uh, uh, diana and kate were closer than i was with kate some anybody who's gonna give someone double-barreled middle fingers behind their back is kind of like a spirit animal for the queen of the forest because she'd do the same thing. That's kind of Diana. So these two, um, they, they had uh, a, a much closer relationship than I did with Kate. So Diana is uh, uh, obviously much more, dis- well, we're both incredibly distraught, but the connection was much deeper with Diana. Um, that That is true. Not to say ours wasn't with a, The rest of the family wasn't uh, wasn't deep, but these two um, connected on more of a level. So. At the Disney Marathon, you've got several days worth of races, 5K race, 10K race, and, you know, it goes on over several days. And so hang on. It's a big adventure for us, so. Diana and uh, Mary and the, and the rest of the, uh, a lot of the neighborhood kids from Hudsonville, Jenison are all down there and and I'm down there and they all go to the five K and that's their chance to kind of walk the event. And they uh, start in the back. You got uh, somebody's pushing Olivia. Diana's pushing Kate. And, um, inexplicably some lady gets enraged because Kate's wheelchair happens to brush up against a lady, some lady in front during the start of this 5k. And, uh, this lady, this is Karen before Karen was a thing. She flips out over the top, losing her mind at diana yelling at kate yelling at anyone who could hear her name and uh this is so they're 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 still walking diana's pushing her and and this lady's still going after and she says i'm gonna sue who's your insurance kid she's just the the typical ridiculous shit that doesn't make any sense i'm like "Uh, what huh so finally the redhead gets pissed and Diana walks up to her and gets right in her face and goes, "I got something for you. Why don't you fuck off?" There's kids everywhere wearing Mickey Mouse ears and Pluto ears and Goofy's walking around and Dumbo and all this shit and Snoopy. Snoopy's not there. Snoopy has nothing to do with this. Uh, and and then Kate is is there and and so the, this is huge. The lady gets she gets intimidated by Diana and ends up leaving. I'm still at home. They come walking back, to the, walking back into the hotel room. And then um, Kate is there in the wheelchair. Olivia, the Veldings, and, and Diana comes in. And then uh, uh, Jackie and Madison come walking up to me. They're much younger than, And, uh, they, and I, I get up. Like, hey, how you doing? I'm just getting up because this is very early in the morning when the race was. And they go, hey, you won't believe it. What? Mom told someone to F off is how they said it. The little kid said that. And then you hear Kate. And now, Kate, you got to understand when I'm doing this voice, it's uh, Kate spoke very slowly, and the words kind of uh, sometimes blended together, and her voice was high-pitched. She's a young lady. So when I do this, it's not to mock her. It's to give you an idea of how it sounded. Yeah, mom told some lady to F off. (laughs) You know, happiest place on earth. Diana's telling people to F off. And then Kate goes... Yeah, and it was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. And that goes, well, yes, I'll be a son of a bitch if she's going to do that to me. There's no way in front of all these kids trying to intimidate us. Hell, no, I'm not going to take that shit. Oh, my God. So these two were, uh, what were, it was, it was pretty fantastic. We do We did uh, lots of other amazing uh, things. There was a lot of amazing things that happened because of our connection to the family. And a lot of them centered around Disney. Okay. One of the early times that we went down there for the Disney marathon, and this was all to, again, to raise money for the AT children's project. They still do these events to this day. Um, the AT Children's Project volunteered at one of the water stops for the full marathon, okay? So with that, you get signage, and uh, it's as the runners approach, there's like 20,000 people running this race. It says, uh, Water Stop brought to you by AT Children's Project. It's another way to get, um, you know, the name of the organization out there in a grassroots effort style. So then, and all the volunteers who get to the uh, mile marker uh, in the middle of the night, they have to um, set up tables and all the, all the stuff is there at the mile, at the mile marker. And we would all get there and you set up the tables and you, uh, these giant pallets are plastic wrapped with uh, water jugs and cups and powdered Gatorade and bottled water Uh, big gallon jugs of water, and so we have to uh, mix the Gatorade, put on these special gloves. We don't get anything contaminated. Mix the Gatorade, stir it with a giant spoon, and then fill up cups. And then we'd, like, fill up pitchers and then just, like, kind of pour the cups, and and then you put wood on top of the cups and then another layer of them, and then wood on top, another layer of them, so you have all of these. You have thousands of cups of Gatorade. The problem was, and I'm there with Dave Velding, Kate and Abby's dad, and Mary, and, uh, and Diana's there, and the late Brian Belgraff and his lovely wife Jen, and uh, their sons Logan and Ian. And this was a legendary moment. A lot of fun things happened that were hilarious that I've I've discussed before, but they're worth telling about. It stands now is the perfect time. Um. We ended up getting on this bus to start the day to go to the water stop. You know, this is like mile whatever. Uh, it, it's one of the ones that they you have to get there at a, You have to be on time. If you're late, you know the race starts, and the last thing you want to be doing is scrambling to get your water stop set up when there's runners approaching. You, okay, in this marathon, somehow we get lost. And the bus driver has no idea where we're going, and this is taking time, and we're confused, and we don't know what's happening. We finally get there late, way late. Now we have to scramble to get this shit set up. So we're busting our ass. And the guy who was the leader of the uh, – they have – Disney has um, a volunteer that leads the group, in this case us, on what to do. And so he's, uh, you know, making making sure everything's sanitized and things like that. And he's from Boston. I'll never forget it because I'm there with Belgraph, and uh, and Ian and Logan and Jen and Diana and this guy who's leading it. He's from Boston. He's a real ball breaker, and he's one of these people that if you don't do it his way, it's wrong. He's gonna let you know about it. Typical East Coast horseshit, tough guy talk. And uh, we were all like fucking sick of this guy. One second after he started talking, and then um. So everything we did, he had a problem with. I mean, here we all we got to do is you you put the the water in the in the big orange jug. You take the powdered Gatorade. You rip the thing up. You dump it in as a big giant metal spoon. You stir it. You pour it into the jugs or into the pitchers, and then you pour it into individual cups. That is it. This is not rocket science. Okay. He doesn't like the way we're pouring into the cups so it's real simple i'm pouring it into a cup i go to the next cup i pour into the cup i go to the next cup i pour into the cup and then he like picks up a cup and he drinks something hey yo it's too sweet hey yo yo hey you know it's too sweet here. we're gonna have to back go off on the i'm sounding more like i'm from brooklyn but it's the best i can do it everything's loud obnoxious he can't just say it normally everything's got to be like he's screaming hey yo yeah yeah Hey, everything is like everybody hates them you know midwest people and, and they, they sometimes they, they mix with east coasters and then the midwesterners have to kick their ass because they're just too obnoxious can't handle it midwesterners aren't like that then i'm standing next to logan and ian Belgrave, pouring it into the cup and he goes hey yo yeah you got a new bartender pour and we all look at him like what yeah, yo, yeah, yo, you gotta take this thing and just pour it in there, bartender pour. And he said, we're like, what 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 do you what the fuck is bartender pour? You speak English. Yeah, like you're a bartender. I go, you mean a bartender? Yeah, bartender. Bartender pour. And we don't know what the fuck, and he wants us to just pour, be pouring into the glass and just moving it over the glass so that the shit's you know, in the, the, the small amount of space between the cups is going to um, be, there's going to be shit pouring onto it because you're just going, you're, you're moving your arm the whole time over the over all the, the field of cups. And it's like, first of all, it's, it's a disaster. It's a complete mess. And it's just stupid. Why do we, why don't you fucking, why are you making it such a big deal about how we're pouring this shit? Who cares? Let's just pour it. Get it done. And just the longer I'm talking to you and being disgusted by your filthy accent, uh, the, the, the the less time I'm going to have to get this shit done. So we're scrambling and dealing with this dick. So then we that was uh, we started. Everybody started. going Hey, yo, you bought a poor. So we're now we're making fun of him. And so now we've had it. And so if anybody's not doing bought into we're telling him, hey, yo, you got to bought into pour. Hurry up. there, come on stupid so all right we see the leader coming this dude from brazil i forget his name he's a pretty famous guy and uh, he runs with the goofy head on for disney and with with the floppy ears. and so this is an elite runner and he's gonna win the damn thing like he like he does every year and uh at, as he's running up we finally got all of our work done there's thousands of cups full of um Of Gatorade and um, with the uh, three dozen volunteers we have there surely one of them is going to grab a cup and put their hand out like you do because if you don't know at the water stops the athletes and of course the the guy who's going to win the freaking race he ain't going to stop chit chat grab a cup off the thing table and just drink all right thanks oh this is delicious all right see you later you know, he's crushing. This guy is running probably like uh, uh, 4.55 a mile. Just blistering. We see him, and it doesn't take long before he's honest. The leader. One guy. One. Not one volunteer grabbed a cup and stuck their hand out for this poor son of a bitch. And he's running, and he's now halfway through the water stop. You've got, what, 100 feet of tables. No one is giving, offering him a drink of the Gatorade, and he and he says, uh, uh, "Acts, uh, what do you call it? Broken English." What the fuck? <laughs> he can't. No, and finally, he goes and grabs one. He grabs it while he's running off the table. In the process, he does the Billy Sims and clears off a whole uh, row of cups full of Gatorade. All the shit goes flying. That dude's all sticky, and he's pissed, and he gets a little Gatorade in him, and then he's, he keeps going. So, And everybody's like, uh-oh, whose fault was that? And Boston idiots go, hey, yo, hey, what the hell you doing? Hey, yeah, you know, I mean, what the hell? What we got to do to get this guy a drink here? And then – uh. I look at Dave Veldink, and you know this—this this is so Dave. He's like, "Well, we failed there. Well, we gotta do—we gotta do better." And I just laugh my ass off. I was like, "Yeah, I'd, I'd say we did pretty poorly." Holy shit, that poor guy! So now this event is—is is freezing. Um, the day before for the um, half marathon, it was snowing at the starting line. I hear O'Neal sque- uh, squealing in the background. He's having a dream. Hold on. Hey, hey, big guy. You okay? He's dreaming about something. Um, the day before it snowed at the starting line. I'll never forget that. Orlando, Florida, Disney, starting line. And you know who didn't check the forecast ahead of time? Logan Belgraf. you dumbass. What we would do is uh, you go to like Goodwill and buy some garbage clothes for like three bucks. And then you go to this because you can't bring uh, anything with you to the starting line. It's a security issue. Not even no one can see you off or anything like that. You just go by yourself to the starting line. Um, and then when you're ready to start, you shed your clothes right away. And just throw them off to the side. They collect them. They give them away to the locals at the, uh, at the homeless shelters. 31 degrees. Idiot is in a pair of shorts and a tank top. We get to the starting line an hour before the gun goes off. Now, truth be told, uh, Logan runs at five and a half minutes a mile, maybe faster at that point. So uh he'll be fine once the race starts. But for an hour, and it's like he—he's lucky he didn't get hypothermed. So like. Uh, a few minutes before the race, people start to shed their clothes a- ahead of time. And Dum Dum is is going is stepping out of the um, corral, the the starters corral, and and picking up clothes like he's got puts a sock on his hand and grabs a blanket that somebody leaves behind. And then like three minutes of of of, of cozying up in strangers' clothes, and the gun goes off. Idiot! It was so damn cold. So the next day was the same thing when we were sitting there getting ready. And Veldink and I and Belt and Belgraf uh, are, are, are doing our thing. And then we noticed that as the race is going on, people are starting to slip. All of the liquid that from the cups is freezing. Okay? We have a hazard on our hand. People have no idea that the water stop is frozen. We ended up having to get salt. Somebody had to go somehow get their hands on salt. I mean like cans of Morton table salt, okay? And we're sprinkling the road with salt in order to get the freaking grip because people were it was it was people were wiping out. Especially some of these folks, man, they're just trying to muscle their way through a marathon. It's not easy. And uh, they're wiping out. I mean injuries are occurring because of this. Holy crap. We brought together so many people to that, um, to those Disney events. And, uh, uh, we started the, um, uh, radio, radio show cure team. And so because of talking about it on the radio, it became kind of like our, our pet charity at the time. And so I would petition the audience, you know, you're asking a lot. It's a big ask. So, but we managed and we, the, 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 people came out in droves uh, and, and we would just hope, I mean, when I say droves, I mean a few dozen families and that's a lot because what you're asking them to do is um, you sign up for the Disney marathon and then that has cost. Okay. In order to, I, what I mean by cost is when you would sign up for the AT children's project D- Disney marathon, you agree to raise $600 for the AT children's project. And then what they do is they have the infrastructure on their platform, to give you a fundraising page. You've seen these before, and then you say, hey, friends and family, I'm running the uh, Disney Marathon to help support leukemia, lymphoma, or, or whatever, uh, uh, different types of charitable organizations. AT was no different. So um, we'd get dozens and dozens of families who would listen to the radio show and would sign up to do this. Some people had never run a step before in their life And so, um, they, they would answer that call and then they would raise a, a a lot of money. So you didn't, the, the minimum was $600. And if you, by chance, whatever life got in the way and you couldn't raise it, you would then be on the hook for the 600. And then it's a cash donation. You still participate in the festivities, got to find your own way down there. Of course, pay for that yourself. So that's asking a lot, but people did it. And, uh, oh my God. Um, just kind of like, uh. A really, really spectacular thing. And when you're in the moment, you're, you're kind of like, Oh, wow, this is, this is great. But, uh, it isn't until you get years, years away from it. You're like, wow, we, we, uh, we, we had a lot of great times with those people. So I'm, uh, very, very grateful for all of the efforts by all those people all, all through those years. So thank you. You know, uh, I, I met a lot of people who I wouldn't have met otherwise, both listeners of the radio show who, uh, just wanted to hang out and, um, So it was uh, just awesome. I I can't say enough. And then a a lot of these people still to this day still um, have been committed to AT. And that's that's just tremendous. So well done. Uh, One of those people was my pal Andy Phelps, who I have not seen in a long, long time, who um, he himself is in a wheelchair from a car accident. Andy's a quadriplegic. He still has some movement in his shoulders, and uh, I mentioned Compass Film School, who made that uh, video that we watched earlier. Uh, Andy is a—he uh, w- is involved with that school, and uh, he's a filmmaker himself. And it's really great to watch Andy do his work because most of it he does with a stylus in his mouth and uh, and like a trackball, and he's still able to um, uh, shoot uh, scenes and uh, and and make product and videos and things like that. Uh, by using, I mean, the, no, no moss grows under his feet. As my dad would say, uh, he, nothing slows him down. So, uh, Andy reaches out to me. I think this is one of our very first AT marathons. And he says, Hey, I am going to go to the AT marathon and I am going to be in the race. And I'm like, okay, uh, what's the joke is no, uh, my friend, Eric from compass film school, is going to push me in the race. <clears throat> now you've seen Dick Hoyt over the years. God rest his soul. You know, I think he's uh he's the grandfather, the godfather of uh, running these types of races. Um, so, you know, I, I'd seen that and I was like, well, this is going to be awesome. We got a guys and uh, they, they did all the fundraising themselves. They did the same thing that everybody else did these two. And, uh, they drive down to Florida and uh, they're going to participate in the marathon. They did not ask if there's any rules or regulations or anything like that. They just show up on the race morning of the marathon. And I remember seeing them on that cold day. uh, And they don't have like, um, you know how like when you would see Dick Hoyt he would have a very specific type of um apparatus to put his son Rick in or when I would do the Reed's Lake thing there was uh, you know uh, Jeff Josh you know you have a uh it, it's not like it's an old school Everest and Jennings wheelchair that you're pushing along it's it's something built for the road Well Andy didn't have that Andy had an old school Everest and Jennings you know move you from surgery to the front door type of wheelchair that somebody picks you up in your, in their car. And then they take the wheelchair back. Andy is going to have Eric push him 26.2 in his stupid Everest and Jennings. Okay. Now, Andy's not even strapped into the fucking thing. So, uh, you know, my, my first impression when I, when I learned this is that idiot's going to hit a rock and Andy's going to go flying out of the chair. There's some real safety concerns with this, and they haven't asked anyone permission. This is a classic case of uh, ask for forgiveness and not permission because they go up to the uh, starting corral, and the volunteer, first volunteer, and you have to go through all these different checkpoints to get, you have to go a long way of walking before you get to the starting area. And this uh, this person goes, stop. Uh, what are you doing? And he goes, well, I'm, I'm, re- I'm here running for the AT Children's Project, Kate and Olivia Velding, Eric says that. And Andy's just sitting there. And uh, they go, well, uh, there, this is not a wheelchair race. There are no wheelchairs. We have never had a wheelchair in this race, ever. No one's ever done this. And they said, well, today's a great day to start. Smell you later. And they, they go through it. So um, they also think that Andy is special. Okay? They think that Andy is our word. So uh, Andy realizes this. And he he doesn't start to act a particular way. He's just keeping his mouth shut. Eric's doing all the talking. You don't want to be the guy at Disney, you know, uh happiest place on earth, who's going to say to the it's a PR nightmare if you look somebody in the face. Yeah, this is his uh this yeah, I'm here and and Eric's making up stories as he goes. Every 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 stop that the security stops him, he's making up another layer to the story. Yeah, this is uh make a wish. Uh yeah, this kid's he's going to be dead in like 8 minutes if we don't get him to the starting line. And then and, Andy's just sitting there, like, "Holy shit, I can't believe this is working." And then they pass another hurdle. Oh yeah, this this kid. Oh my god, yeah, he's uh, he, he's on his last leg. He's got he can't even talk. He doesn't even know what's going on. But his one dying wish is to see Mickey Mouse. And the all right, you can go through. So these people, they, they kept like passing the buck to the next guy, which somehow gets Eric to the starting corral. And there they are and they they they've done it. They they have broken every rule in the book. And there's like people walkie talking now. Oh, yeah, we got we got a, we got a guy in a wheelchair coming. Yeah, what are we going to do? All right, let him pass. Yeah, nobody wants to deal with this in PR over. You know, they don't want to have to uh, put up with this, but um they're I mean, can you imagine? They're they're worried at Disney about the uh implications of if they if they let our word guy Who's on his last last leg is with the Make a Wish crew. Uh, is is going to be the you know, Stonewalled and they like, go on back, go on back home. No, dude, and the dude was not trained. Eric, he he uh, was he's young though, so whatever. And he made it. He ran all twenty six point two, and so, uh, and and it was an incredible feat pushing an old school wheelchair. Oh my God, that is really really hard to do. They did it. What an adventure, you know. Um, and then they uh, they get done, and they the people that put the medals around your neck, they put one around dude's neck, and they put one around Andy's neck, and they're, they're and Andy said he was getting pissed off too because they were talking to him like he's special. Hi, Andy. If Kate was there, she would have said, "Give him the finger." Oh my God. So that um. Then though, everybody thought they were gay. And there's a reason why everybody thought they were gay, and it's all semantics and wording, because that night, um, we had like the big banquet or something like that. And uh, actually, this was this is before the race. This is before the race, before the race. The night before is the banquet, and they're gonna do it, and uh, and they have no idea what they're in store for. But they eventually, obviously, made it. But. Uh, they're there at a table, these two, and um, I'm, I'm kind of talking them up because they, they, I speak before the, uh, you know, as part of the festivities. So there's like, you know, a lot of people there. And I introduce, because their story is great, you know, up to this point it's been quite, a, quite an adventure. And um, I said, ladies and gentlemen, Andy Phelps and his partner, Eric. Now, when I said partner, I meant running partner except I didn't say running partner. I said partner. So everybody thinks that, you know, Eric's going to give Andy a, a BJ in his chair later, that, later that night, because I said Andy Phelps and his partner, Eric, like, Oh my God. These he's, Oh yeah. That's, that's, he's one of them gay guys. Oh my God. What, what an adventure all because of the amazing relationship with my friends at the at the A T Children's Project because of uh because of our relationship with the Veldings. Um, yeah. Um, Diana and uh, and her relationship with Kate was very very special. Um, like I said, those two just connected. Everybody in the community who knows the Velding family is crushed. This is uh, this is is unbelievable to think that um. I, I, I think to me the idea of this happening twice and all the while they had to have been um thinking that these days would happen and that they would not outlive their children and um that is a that's the type of thing that um is so panic inducing it would um you 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 would see a uh, you maybe you a person would start to drink or perhaps uh take drugs or a marriage would dissolve or uh something worse would happen it it you know kind of that type of anxiety that would eat away at a person and i can i, I i've always um viewed this whole Family and extended family, the, the entire group of people with uh, uh, great admiration because of, I, I don't know. It's just they've uh, always been very, very um, focused on what got them to that point, and that is God. They've always, they've, they've never wavered in that, and I've always been extremely grateful that those people are in this world, the Veldings and their extended family. They, I mean, if there's, when you hear stories about people who maintain their faith, despite these things, that's like, honestly, it would be understandable if a person ran away from God, but they, they never did that. And uh, I, I think that that's pretty, pretty fricking great. Um, so um, at some point this week, I, I believe near the end of the week, uh, there will be a celebration of life for uh, the departed Kate Veldink. Um, may she rest in peace. And uh, God bless the family and the friends and the loved ones um, who will um, celebrate that with the family. And um, so I just wanted to spend my time here today, just sharing these things um, that I uh, that I thought about from my time that I that I knew Kate on this earth, and um, and her sister Olivia, who passed away seven years ago, nearly seven years ago. I just wanted to, uh, on this podcast, make it uh, all about that, and that is all. I have uh, nothing more to say today. And um, I think that that's uh, the way it needs to be. So I will uh, spend the rest of the day just kind of laying low and uh, I'll talk to you folks tomorrow. So I appreciate you for watching this and listening to it. And I I really um, can't stress enough in closing uh, where it says donate to help AT kids. Um, If you would consider in the memory of... uh, Kate Veldink and all of the AT children that have passed on preceding her and all of other families. Because, um, honestly, as uh, has been said many times before, the only thing that is um, in the way of making this um, terrible, terrible disease a distant memory is money. And it's not like you're just throwing money at something and like, oh, well, yeah, I, uh, what, what is my money going to? Quite Literally. The money goes to the cost of a test tube or um, any type of medical supplies for um, very, very smart people at some of these institutions that work very hard trying to find a cure for AT. A lot of genetic work, um, clinical trials um, on AT kids if you – would if you are interested in learning more about it at atcp.org everything you need to know is there and you can sign up for like a uh a newsletter which keeps you informed the uh volunteer uh who is in charge of it brad margus uh he he two children with at and um dave is on the board too and these are people that are all um working very, very hard to make sure that um, all the necessary steps in a cost-effective way go towards AT research. If you were to look up the rating of this charity, it's uh, one of the highest you can find. They run a very, very bare-bones operation. You have, I don't know, half a dozen people who earn a paycheck through their administrative efforts to keep this going. Everything else is volunteer. Um, as years have passed, I've seen the number go from one and a half million dollars raised. And then that's it for the year, um, which roughly 93, 94% of that goes towards, um, all the funding for the, uh, research. I've seen it dwindle down, um, over the years and I would love nothing more in the uh, memory of Kate Veldink and all the, uh, all the AT kids who have passed before her. For everyone within the sound of my voice to go to atcp.org and just a few and drop a few bucks, whatever you can spare, into their bucket. And perhaps one day this will be uh, in the rearview mirror. All right, folks. God bless you. I love you very much. Thank you so much, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Rest in peace, Kate Velding. What's so
2: special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas?